Good morning, everybody. Happy Valentine's Day and welcome to Living Astrology with Janet Hickox. Grab your cup of coffee or your tea, sit back and let's chat about what is happening up in the stars above for today, Valentine's Day, February 14th. It's good to be here with all of you. I hope everybody had a great weekend. I see Tom out there. Hello, Tom and Susie Gemini. Good for you for joining us early this morning. So I'm not sure if any of you are Super Bowl fans. I don't care if you are or you aren't really. It's just that. It's such a fun time to watch what is happening in the collective out there uh, through the commercials. And that, I mean, my favorite teams weren't playing, so it was not a big deal for me to watch the game or not watch the game. Uh, but what was fun was the commercials because they're always going to sort of give us an idea a clue as to what's coming right that the commercials kind of fill in themes and you'll see like if you were watching any of the commercials some of the, the themes were often about animals animals showed up in the themes at goats goats with all of that energy going on in capricorn and with the rams a sort of goat animal playing in the game the commercials were about goats. Oh my gosh, we're going to take a look at another commercial that already had I'd already seen before the game. And it was a commercial uh, with Matthew McConaughey in it. So I'm going to actually show that to you. I think I can get away with this because it's already on YouTube. And all I'm going to be doing is showing you a YouTube video. And it was amazing because it has a theme in it that I think we all need to be super aware of. And that is, we have this idea that the answers to humanity's problems lie out there somewhere, right? Out in the metaverse or out in the stars or going to Mars, or, you know, even now we've snapped really great pictures of Venus. Uh, we have that new web telescope out there taking pictures of other star systems and uh taking them by the way in different mirrored images and bringing them together in one image and then broadcasting it so i just thought it was interesting to see this particular commercial it was by salesforce and uh so let's see if we can take a look at it real quick so hopefully i left it open and i can oh i can share a video file hmm. well i'm going to share my screen instead Chrome tab. Here we go. Uh, it's called the new frontier. So here we go. Space. I hope you guys can hear it. The boundary of human achievement. The new frontier. It's not time to escape. It's time to engage. It's time to plant more trees. It's time to build more trust. Time to make more space for all of us. So while the others look to the metaverse and Mars, let's stay here and restore ours. Yeah, it's time to blaze our trail. Because the new frontier, it ain't rocket science. It's right here. Ba -da 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 -da. 
I just love that commercial. I hope you guys were able to hear it. I forgot to test that to see if anybody could hear it with uh, me broadcasting it. But if you didn't, you can certainly find it on, uh, hold on, I got to get out of this window. Uh, you can watch it, on, just um, go to YouTube and Google Salesforce Super Bowl video. So here's like a couple of, of thoughts I had about this whole thing because it was like mind blowing when I saw this. First of all, Matthew McConaughey, Big, I'm a big fan of his, right? He is uh, a very listenable person. His book, Green Light, which I listened to on Audible, oh, was dreamy just listening to his voice. But he says, it's not time to escape. It's time to engage. I love it. That almost feels like, you know, you guys get your feedback down here on the planet. We need to build more trust, plant more trees make more space and then so while others look to the metaverse or mars let's restore ours meaning ours here on the planet on earth it ain't rocket science it's right here and he engages us or he implores us to blaze our own trail you gotta love that message because it's a message that i've been bringing to you that other astrologers are bringing to us that other wisdom um, sharers have been bringing to us, right, for a long time. And uh, anyway, I did hear that Debbie Tibbetts to me that he is considering a run. I believe it is for the governorship of Texas, the state that he is that he lives in. I think he's from there as well. So I loved that commercial, and I, that's the one of all of them that I had to share with you. But there was another one. It was a Disney commercial, <clears throat> and all of these goats are dressed in costumes that look like Disney characters. So there was a goat that was dressed like a lion from the Lion King and all these other various goats. And they're in this office building and it's hysterical, right? That these goats are all dressed up. Goats, Capricorn, goats, sort of a ram animal. And then who wins the Super Bowl? The Rams. Uh, that was, I thought, interesting. And then another animal commercial. And this one you guys have got to look at. Uh, it was beatbox baby, uh, and there was a baby. There was a sloth, a bear, a deer, a bird, a water buffalo, an alligator. And actually, the alligator opens his mouth and out pops this beatboxing red bird. It was hysterical. I laughed myself silly. It was a Doritos and a flaming, flaming hot Doritos and flaming hot Cheetos commercial. So listen, I'm not saying that those products are worthwhile or anything like that. It was the commercial, the use of animals and there uh, <clears throat> a, a woman in a tree. So here, here we are looking at the possibility of different stereotypes being blown up too. most adventurers, right? Or most people that we think of as going out and, you know, doing wildlife photography are usually men. And here we have this woman, and not only is she a woman, but she's a woman of color. And she's the one that's out adventuring and witnessing these animals. In fact, these chips fall out of her bag and land on the ground. And then the animals pick this up. The sloth, who's normally really slow, like literally flies out of the tree to get to the ground to taste these Doritos and Cheetos. So it was fun. And yes, you know, products and advertising and all of that. <clears throat> I'm not for necessarily all of that, but it always interests me to see the themes that are going to pop out. And it was also very interesting to me that all of this was happening, the Super Bowl, all of these themes popping out in commercials, 
not at Candlemas like usually the Super Bowl game is around, but at the day that we enter into the collective shadow cycle through the Pleiadian and the Mayan calendar. Now, you know, I don't know if people who plan these things are the ones that, you know, are they checking the astrology? Are they checking, you know, what, what Janet says before they do it? Doubtful. <laughs> I wish they would, but no, doubtful they're not. But some other unconscious prompting is bringing them to the point where they are changing the dates. I think they likely changed the date of the Super Bowl because of the opening ceremony of the uh, Winter Olympics which would have been last week in the spot that normally the Super Bowl would have been played in, which is usually right around that Candlemas window, <clears throat> which is a, a cross-quarter day in um, the, the witch's calendar, if you will, or the way the old Celtic um, uh, ancient peoples celebrated. But here we were on the day that we entered into the collective um, shadow period with the Super Bowl. Now, what kind of shadows might there be there? Mm. And what kind of shadows might have shown up in your own life during this period of time yesterday, right? That, or even, you know, from then on that uh, you might be working through in your own personal life, but also this is a collective shadow period. So we're having to look at this in a collective sort of way. And one of the things that, you know, first comes to my mind is the whole idea of how we pay our professional uh, football, soccer, any professional sports team, the amount of money is insane that they receive. And then thinking about how much those individuals that went to the game were charged uh, for tickets to be there at the game and how much money were each one of those advertisers charged to have their wonderful ads placed in the Super Bowl. And I think it all points to an excess, right? an excess in commercialism, an excess in uh, the, the, the mad amount of money that's being spent to bring out a message uh, to keep things, to keep uh, sports players in money, but to keep the advertisers and the NFL and other people like that in money. When there are so many other things right here on the planet that we could be spending that kind of money on. So I'm not saying, I, I'm for or against. I'm just saying that mm, this is a shadow thing that we all need to look at, right? Is it really, does it make sense to spend billions of dollars? That that game didn't just cost millions. If you, if you factor in the costs of putting those commercials together, the cost of the stadium itself, which was newly built, and the cost of the players uh, and what they earned, the cost of the trophy, the cost of the uh, of the tickets to get in, it's maddening, right? The maddening amount of money that was put into that that might have been placed elsewhere. I don't know. But anyway, it's just one of those things, the shadow of what is it that we value. And you know how uh, when Pia and Colin were with us last month, they talked about how this, the shadow collective shadow period is always kind of bracketing at the end of the uh, Venus uh, retrograde. And there's a good reason for that, because a lot of what the collective shadow period brings to us is an awareness of the collective dysfunctions that we have in society. And in that, it can bring out collective change. But that collective change begins when we discard those dysfunctional beliefs, the illusions. What is the illusion that's being created 
uh, by all of these commercials and all of these different uh, ways in which we spend our money. The values of the society are in the way that we collectively consume products or how we consume our news or how we consume television or how we what we buy how we spend our dollars, et cetera. So we're being asked to align ourselves with higher truths, with universal truths, universal truths. I mean, universally, there's a message I think that we get through the metaverse or through artificial intelligence or through uh, virtual reality that this world isn't good enough, that that it's too painful, it's too ugly, it's too difficult. So we need to nod off into these playful worlds or into these fake worlds. And, or we need to search, keep searching outside of us for the solutions to our bigger problems. So going to Mars, is that really gonna solve the problem of say climate change on this planet or how we feed everybody on this planet or clean water on this planet? It doesn't. It doesn't. Again, just like religion always had us looking outside of ourselves for our power, people on the planet are trying to take us off planet. And I get the whole explorer thing. I get that. But in the spirit of exploration is different than in the spirit of let's go colonize another planet because, you know, we've done messed up this one. So looking at the themes, looking at our reasons why, looking at the value that's underneath everything, the collective shadow period bringing this to us. And we're being invited to move into a more heart-centered alignment um, to expand consciousness. And the expansion of consciousness isn't something that's done by the collective. It's something that we do individually as a participant in the collective that either adds to or detracts from the collective. So the collective shadow period gives us that opportunity then to see how it is that we can expand our connections, our heart-centeredness. And in that process, then release our judgments about each other or about the world at large to sort of step back a little bit and look back in and ask the question, why are we doing what we're doing? How does it serve us? How do we want to show up in the world? You know, what can we do that's different? So releasing judgments, releasing fears, and the misconceptions of what is truth, right? There's a lot of talk out there. Saturday afternoon, I was listening. I don't even know what the name of this show was. I think it was called Mysteries or, hmm, I can't remember what the name of the show was, but immediately I realized that this was a, a podcast of alternative realities and not necessarily good ones. I'm not necessarily bad ones either, but just alternative reality spinning a truth. And I would say if we're spinning the truth, is it really a truth, right? You can't spin a real truth because truth is palpable. It's real. So truth spinning, totally a theme. I think it's been a theme for the last few years, but a theme that we can look at through the collective. Then there's also the in Lakesh, the uh, Mayan uh, phrase that's, you know, I am another you. So we're looking in the mirror of one another. We're looking out and seeing the collective mirroring of our thoughts, of what we've been focused on. So when you look out into the outer world and we see all of these excesses, then it's also been a part of us, right? We're not 
uh, separate from the collective. We are part of the collective. We are the, the fractal parts of the collective. So in Lakesh, everything we think, everything we say, everything we do, every product we purchase, every uh, f uh, company that we, that we stand up and say, yes, I love your products or I love what you do, affects each one of us on the planet. So we're, we're having to take responsibility to see that we are more than who we thought we are. Right. Just because, you know, I might throw my garbage out the window doesn't mean that it doesn't affect anybody else. Right. If every person threw their garbage out the window, we would be living in a trash heap. And right now, if you've driven down any freeways in your hometowns, they look like garbage heaps. It's sickening. It's absolutely sickening. I just want to get out and stop along the freeway and start collecting trash although that's not a very safe thing to do. And I think that happens in the winters, especially here in the Northern Hemisphere, perhaps, uh, where the wind is blowing things around. It, I mean, there are always reasons, but when you look outside of yourself and you see a trashed environment, is that us throwing the trash out from within us, out so that we don't have to take responsibility for it? Things that we can look at here, folks, just things that we can look at. Do we want to continue with the way that things have been or that the way things are? Or, and if not, if not, if you don't like what you see in the world, look no further than your own consciousness uh, as change begins right here within each one of us. We are the change, right? We are the change we've been looking for. We hold the transformational keys to where it is we want to go, to the world that we want to be a part of, to how we want to be with each other in the world in the planet it's pretty amazing see the bigger perspective so the collective shadow period is going to give us various opportunities to look into the shadows and this is a 20 day period of time 20 days of our getting to look into the deeper recesses of what makes us tick of what our beliefs are of what dysfunctions that we are in resonance with and most of you hopefully have by now a tool right here this is my new one this is the 22 pleiadian earth calendar it's actually a little bigger than it's more like the typical calendars that you get like at christmas time when you're out looking at you know they have the the calendars so and by the way i got to show you if you haven't seen it yet the most beautiful picture this was january's look at that just gorgeous and february's just a stunning Look at this. Look at that beautiful bird. Mm. All the colors of the rainbow right there. Mm. Gotta love it. Okay. So when we start the collective shadow period, we are at uh, four being. Now, being energy is the beginning of something. And the energy of the four is about the foundation. So the foundation is in the being energy, which, hold on, I'm going to check real quick because I want to say it's Imish in i know it's Imish. i don't even know why i need to look uh but it's uh the beginning of the 20-day calendar round being is the energy of the east the east is always about a new beginning creating and nurturing something new and it's the energy to start something but it's and it's mothering energy the energy of the four is about building the foundation, right? The four is setting the template. It's uh, building the boundary. And 
the negative energy here or the shadow, the shadow in being energy or the shadow in Amish energy is about being needy or clinging or smothering, right? You can't smother a creation. You plant a seed and then you water it and then you make sure it has plenty of light. You make sure maybe if it's tender that it's protected so animals can't trample over it and you watch it grow, right? And you water it. You don't keep digging it back up to look at it and say, oh, it's not growing yet. There must be something wrong. So smothering, neediness, clinginess are the shadow energy. So what are we clinging to? So they look at this in a bigger way. Um, I wish it said what kind of bird that is. It looks like a parrot. That's beautiful. Uh, so we, we have the calendar where each day we can look at what is the shadow. So yesterday we began with looking at what it is that forms our foundation and what is it that we might be clinging to um, that we need to release. Now, today we moved into five breathing. The energy of five is about change. So if yesterday we were looking at what we were clinging to, today we're looking at what could we change? What would bring us more freedom? What would bring us uh, in this energy? Breathing is the energy of ideas and the stream of consciousness. What's being whispered to us from the universe that tells us there's a new direction right? There's a new dream. There's a new something out there on the horizon. You just have to reach out and you reach out with your consciousness. You reach out with your thinking. You reach out with your heart. You reach out with your emotions to create the world that you want it to be. So today, five breathing. And in the shadow of breathing, it's mind chatter, right? It's all that chatter that goes on in our minds. It is unpredictable. It is fickle. So it's not that we are here today in this energy to grab onto the new ideas. We're here to breathe them in and then let them breathe out, breathing them in, breathing them out, breathing in the new, releasing the old. So it's kind of a, a process of things that are happening, right? It's not, it's not sterile. It isn't concrete yet. It's air. This is air energy. So we're bringing this in. We're seeing what's possible. Curiosity is a part of this energy as well. Breathing energy, right? Letting go of the old, making way for the new. But yet the new isn't set in stone yet. We're not done with this collective shadow cycle. So we still have things to look at through this process. All right. So that gives us today's sort of look at the shadow that we're embarked on. The other thing that we could do with shadow energy is if you have the Gene Keys book, we can look at Gene Keys. We can look at the gate that the sun is in. And it's interesting to me, too, that today the sun is in the gate um, 30, which is the gate of passion, right? This is passion. And if we look up 30 in our Gene Keys book, we can look up exactly what the shadows are that we might be contending with. And by the way, this isn't about us staring at the shadow and focusing on the shadow. Nope. This is us looking at what it is that might be holding us back and also then looking at what can we aspire to. So when we're looking at the 30th gene key where the sun is, and by the way, remember on Friday, I showed you the, the mandala, the human design mandala. It is on the emotional center. It is a gate that is called a red flag gate. 
because it brings a lot of energy into the world. <laughs> and we have a collective shadow period bringing a lot of energy into the world. The shadow is the, the energy of desire. And the gift is lightness. And then the, the, the Siddhi, the highest expression here is rapture. So if you just take those words and contemplate, Richard Rudd always says it's a contemplation, the art of contemplation. We are walking the path from desire to rapture or passion through lightness. And lightness isn't about the light necessarily. It's about the weight right? Not without having something that's heavy on you that I have to have, right? That cloying kind of desire that we're holding on so tightly to that it creates tunnel vision. And then we can't see to the sides of what it is that we could have if we just opened our eyes a little bit more, right? If we relaxed and we were focusing on, yes, I would like this. This is what I desire. This is where I'm passionate. And I'm going to allow the universe to bring that to me, right? I hold the what, what I desire, what I want, or what I'm passionate about. But I'm not going to cloy. I'm not going to cling. I'm not going to overhold onto it. I'm not going to create the tunnel where I can't see that there's something better perhaps out here that could come to me easy, effortlessly through spirit. Um, instead of me trying to keep my limited human perspective and only see how it could come in this one way. So the gift in all of this, I think, is the lightness, holding it lightly. And of course, then we could also let that mean letting the universe show us the light, right? We can bring in the light here as well. <laughs> so many things, right? So many things that uh, that we can we can work with here. Seeing the bigger perspective is where it begins right seeing it in a bigger way um <clears throat> so if you guys haven't heard of the gene keys if you're new here with us today i think everybody today that i see out there has been with us for a while and um so you, you're familiar with the gene keys it's a deeper view into your human design and every one of you can go to the gene keys website and you can get your own copy of your gene keys chart if you will right the the sequences of our evolution lie in our gene keys chart uh through activation sequence through the venus sequence and through the pearl sequence and i dare say there's even another sequence that has yet to be revealed that that we could also uh go through through uh time um it's a study right it's not a go through quickly and be uh done with it takes a while. So be kind to yourself, right? Do it slowly. Uh, let's see. Good morning, Carol Grojean. I was just thinking, I was going to email you the other day because I was thinking about you and something got in my way. Love the video and love Matthew. Oh, that's good. Would you guys, somebody out there uh, that was here in the beginning when I played the Matthew McConaughey video, were you able to hear the sound? That's important for me as a broadcaster. I need to know if you guys are able to hear what I hear uh, through the video. Okay. And if not, tell me that too. If, you know, if some, all of you tell me, would you, could you hear it or not? Uh, JLo says, happy Valentine's day, everybody. Susie Gemini, heart, heart, heart. Uh, Christine Buckingham, good morning, Tom. What I want, what I want, what I really, really want. Now you're singing it too. The other thing that's really fun about the Super Bowl is the halftime show right? The halftime show is what, you know, a lot of people are always looking what's on the halftime show. Yesterday's halftime show was extraordinary. 
extraordinary because it was a sort of nod to rap and hip hop and, you know, beatboxing and, and all of these, uh, you know, very contemporary kinds of music. And I say it was extraordinary because if any of you've listened to Eminem and Dr. Dre and all of the other guys, the people that were there, 50, 50 cents and uh, Mary Jane Blige isn't so Mary, she's not so bad with the uh, lyrics, but the others, those lyrics, they, what an extraordinary thing to have to be able to clean up those lyrics, to be able to be on national television because the NFL is fairly picky about how what goes out because the children that are also watching uh out there so uh it was a a uh, stripped clean if you will version of the songs that these guys sang but it was extraordinary to watch as an art form it was wonderful to see it finally in uh the halftime show so there we go uh norma says i could hear the sound awesome okay susie says yes so good i'm so glad that you could because i didn't know I didn't think about it until after I started playing that, oh my God, maybe they couldn't hear the sound. Uh, okay, so questions about the collective shadow, collective, uh, what, are we, what are we working on? How do all of these things play together? If you have those questions, put those in the chat for me and we could take a look at those questions. Now I wanna go over quickly to talk about the moon because of course the moon is an extraordinary part of our experience because we can visibly see her every day right? We can see the sun, but we can't really look at the sun, right? You're going to blow out your retinas if you look at the sun. It's too bright, right? We can't, we can sort of see it, right? I can look at it, especially, you know, in reflection, but the moon we can visually look at. It's not going to hurt our eyes. We can see her. We see the reflection of the sun in the moon, and every day we see a bit of, if you're watching it every day, you're seeing a bit of difference every day, right? Every day she changes and morphs and, and is in a process of breathing in, growing ever more big. And then the process of breathing out as she wanes, right? So she's a, a process of waxing and waning. So this is why I always like to take a look at the moon because it's charting what it is that we're moving through. Today, this morning, very early, well, three something my time, I think it was 3.58 a.m. my time, and that would make it 6.58 for you guys on the East Coast, um, she moved into the sign of Leo. So interesting, yesterday she was in cancer. Remember I said on Friday that I wondered if the home team might not win because, or might win because they were at home, and cancer energy was about home, right, the foundation. So I don't know if that, you know, they outplayed the Bengals in the end, right? The, the, at first, the Bengals were leading this whole thing. I really thought they were going to win. Uh, and then it, it switched, right? It switched toward the end uh, of, the, of the transit of the moon in Cancer. And now the moon is in Leo. So as we look ahead at the whole of this week, we have a week with the moon in Leo, then Virgo, and rounding out the week with the moon in Libra. So we're looking at heart right? How we come together at the heart. We're looking at how we serve the world or how we serve uh, each other on the planet and then our relationships. So the moon taking us on an adventure through these different parts. So we also have a full moon this week, Wednesday, the full moon uh, in Aquarius. 
And that means the, well, the moon won't be in Aquarius. The sun is in Aquarius. The moon will be in Leo. So it is already priming us at this point for that full moon. And we have the full moon or we have the moon today in an opposition to Mercury, who is, as of today, newly moved back into the sign of Aquarius. So remember, Mercury, the planet that brings communication, that helps us broaden our thinking, that helps us teach one another um, the uh, travel, the, uh, the concepts and ideas and curiosity elements. And Mercury has already been through Aquarius up to the 10th degree. And then he turned retrograde, moved back over the degree he's at today, went back to 27, 24 degrees of Capricorn, and then now has moved forward. He's in his retro shade time period. So he's moved, finished his move through Capricorn, and now back into Aquarius. So what we have is sort of the repeat of energy that we discovered in earlier in January. And so what is that bringing us, right? What are we looking at now? In Aquarius, uh, or the opposition of Leo and Aquarius is all about the heart, right? And uh, how we connect to one another, how we connect as an individual, uh, individual fractal or piece or part of the collective and the collective being the Aquarius piece and the Leo part being the I piece or the individual piece. So we have the individual and we have uh, the group. So today in Leo energy, then it's funny, today is Valentine's Day. And what does Leo represent? The heart, love, romance, right? Intense love encounters this is where we have love at first sight, where Cupid's arrow hits you right in the heart and you fall in love. Maybe it's you looking in the mirror, you can fall in love with yourself. You look at your spouse and you have a renewed sense of love. You look at someone that used to be in your life and you're like, gosh, I really love that person. It is really all about the romance and about love energy. And these themes, this reminds me of, I wrote love potion number nine, intense love encounters, right? Like somebody gave you a love potion and everybody now loves you. So we have this intense attraction energy that's going on today. And for the next couple of days, even taking us through the full moon on Wednesday, uh, as we are looking at intense love, what is love? And with love, we also have then creativity. So in Leo energy, it rules love and romance, but this is also uh, the ruler of the house in your astrology chart that is the most creative energy, the fifth house. And this is where passion is. So we get the word passion again. Well, that makes sense, doesn't it? Because the sun in Leo, the sun at the gate 30, the gate of passion and desires. So we have passion coming up again, but the passion lies in self-expression, in our individual artistry. What are we here to share, right? The, the creative energy lies in Leo. Eventually the moon is going to move us into Virgo. That's where that creative energy finds its place in service to the world, right? Where your ideas, where your passion, where your strengths come through you and out to the world in whatever way. It doesn't have to be like on the wider world stage. It might be just in your family. It could be just in your community. It could be to your country. It could be 
to the entire world, right? It doesn't matter. It's not a level of hierarchy that, you know, it's more important that you share with the world than you share with your family. It's about where do I share my heart? Where do I share my passion? Where do I share uh, my generosity? Um, where do I share my art artistry? And then giving love and receiving love, a big part of the energy of Leo, loyalty, generosity, joy, kindness, encouragement, giving one another love, but being open to receive love, right? Sometimes we are so willing to give, but we're not so willing to receive. Like we close our hearts to the receiving part, but you, it, it, it's a, it's a crazy eight, right? It's a, it's a infinity symbol. It's both. It has to be both. Uh, there's celebration here. Certainly the Rams fans are all out there celebrating. There's fun, there's play, there's games in Leo, parties. Uh, this is where we take risks for excitement. We have to take, I like to call them calculated risks in Leo energy and in the fifth house. If you don't take any risks, if you don't move outside of your comfort zone, uh, you you if you don't look up, you'll never see what's out there around you, right? So looking up energy, excitement, risk going out there, risk putting your heart out there, risk being vulnerable, dignity. So dignity, think of the lion, think of the cards even in the tarot that have the lion in them. There's a certain amount of dignity that's portrayed in the card of strength. There's a certain amount of dignity in uh, even the sun and the moon card, because there's often the, the pictures of the lion in those cards. So recognition, center stage, being self-confident. When we look at some of the more negative expressions of Leo energy, we end up with people who feel not very confident. They're afraid to put their heart out there because it might get stepped on. And here we have leadership energy. Leadership energy goes through trusts in the higher power and goes through the vulnerable moments to show up, showing up in the world with their passion, with their message, with their gifts, with their service to the world. Stamina, being able to be there, stay the course. Leo is a fixed sign and fixed signs in astrology stay the course, right? They have durability. They have endurance and perseverance. So we have stamina here with Leo. And we have uh, in the more lower frequency energies, the energy of arrogance and pride being overly self-centered, overly selfish, right? Not looking at what gifts you have that you can bring and share with others, but just being in more of a taking position, being overly dramatic. These are the drama queens and the drama kings. They do it better than anybody else out there. Uh, and we all have, by the way, Leo somewhere in our charts. So wherever Leo is in your chart is where this is happening, right? This is where the full moon is going to be. This is where the moon's energy is already building up to a release point or to a revelation of sorts. And uh, where it is that you are primed to be a leader, right? A leader in some way. And bossiness, that's another one of the Leo negative low frequency uh, aspects, right? Bossiness. <laughs> They're the ones that take over, right? They tell you what to do. <laughs> uh, sometimes that's okay, right? If you're not being overly bossy. Somebody needs to be the lead. That's leadership energy, but leadership energy gone wrong can turn into bossiness. Um, being the center of attention can go wrong with being overly dramatic 
or prideful or arrogance, which can sometimes even be characterized as narcissism when we look at Leo in a chart. In the body, the correlation aspects are the back and the spine. They are, if you think about your own back and your spine, without it, you wouldn't be upright, right? The spine is what gives us strength as a, as a bipedal uh, hominid, right? Standing up straight takes the strength of the spine and the muscles that, that support the spine. That's all Leo energy. The heart, the heart, the literal heart. So the literal heart energy is in Leo. So if we are experiencing uh, heart issues, there could possibly be a correlation to Leo in your own chart, planets that you have in Leo, lessons of Leo that you haven't quite finished yet that, that maybe you need to put more heart out there into the world. Inflammation is also a part of Leo experience. And uh, Leo in the health of the body is about excessive heat. And inflammation, I think, sometimes can show us where there's damage or where there's a toxin or where there's been too much heat, maybe too much focus. Um, and inflammation is a sort of immune response. So we don't want to take away, you know, it, the inflammation response tells you there's something wrong and it might be showing you that there's something wrong at the level of the body, right? The, the physical being. So all of that is totally possible here with this week's moon in Leo. Uh, Susie, Leo in the 12th house, strength in the secrets, strength in hidden knowledge, strength maybe through looking what's in your unconscious, right? Looking inward for answers, looking fear directly in the face, um, all of that. Uh, let's see, M.A. Jules, it's good to see you out there. Good to see everybody out there this morning. Um, so how's everybody doing with the whole idea of the shadow? You're so quiet about that. I expected everybody to uh, um, to come in. You're right, Debbie, L.A.'s luck came in. That's funny. The time ran out on the clock. It was, you know, I we won 20 bucks. I, our, we spent 20 bucks. We got our 20 bucks back. Um Terry almost won an additional 40 bucks uh, because the score for so long was sitting at the square where he actually had the score down. Oh, but anyway, we, we, I got our money back. I know it was him. He, he got our money back. So he could have made us a whole lot more. He was the lucky one yesterday. Uh, okay. So let's take, while well, you guys are ruminating about all the things we've talked about so far, I'm going to take a look ahead at the week and what can we expect as we look down the week. Um, first of all, Monday, today, we have Mercury moving into Aquarian energy. Again, we've already experienced this. I did talk about this a little bit already, where we have this idea that is new, that is innovative, that is different, that looks outside of the box, something different, right? Something unexpected even, where we turn it upside down and we see it in a new way. And we're like, oh, that's what we can do. That's how we can solve this problem. So Mercury being the depositor of new ideas, <clears throat> of inspiration, maybe bringing us the potential for something new, right? So thinking about uh, what might be showing up in your own life that's new, that's full of possibilities, that is begging you to look outside of the norm, to, to maybe broaden your horizons, to get rid of the tunnel vision, to, to, to step back, right? To be more detached, 
to uh, see things from a different perspective. It's like that uh, picture. I, one of my favorite pictures ever was the giraffe with his very long neck bent, like he's looking upside down. Um, and, you know, in, an invitation to see things in a new way, to think in a new way, to communicate in a new way, right? To really watch the words that you're saying and the language that you're using when you aim it at yourself, but also when you're speaking with other people. So that's our big opportunity today. Tomorrow is kind of a quiet day, as it should be in the shadow of the Leo full moon. And uh, as well, Wednesday, besides being the day of the full moon, is the day of Venus and Mars, or Mars and Venus's exact conjunction. Today, Mars is at 15 degrees, 25 minutes. Venus is at 15 degrees, 47 minutes. They are just minutes from one another already. So by, you know, astrologers sometimes like it to be the exact degree and moment, right? The moment they count, they, they catalog conjunctions by the moment they come into exactness. Well, these two are pretty close to exact already, and they are already causing us to look into the more creative aspects of ourselves, the relationship aspects of ourselves. So wherever Capricorn is in your own personal chart, that is where Venus and Mars are aligning. And it's actually Mars moving into Venus. So we're taking the masculine principle and we're matching it up to the energy of Venus. And I here's, you know, I think of strange things when I go to bed at night. Is it any wonder I have these weird dreams and then I don't remember them because I have so many thoughts that go through my head. But I was thinking of this, holy cow, my glasses are dirty. Uh, I was thinking of this the other night that Mars, which we think of as the fire principle, the masculine, which is fire, which is passion, which is action, aggression, assertiveness, forward momentum, as far as an astrology figure, right? So he's a warrior, right? A warrior God. But the planet Mars is cold, right? It's cold. It's dry. We found some water recently, by the way, hidden, right? Hidden water. Um, and there's not fire on Mars. But the new information that we're getting from, you know, viewing Venus is that she is a hot mess, right? She is a hot mess. So Venus ruling the feminine, uh, we think of more as the womb. We think of more as the cooler, uh, more uh, receptive energy. But she's fiery. She's the hottest, she's hotter on her surface temperature than the planet Mercury that's closer to the sun, right? Because she has a runaway greenhouse effect going on. And she's always considered Earth's twin. I read an article the other day about her being Earth's evil twin, right? Like the mirror evil, like the, the devil on the one shoulder and the angel on the other shoulder, Earth being the angel and Venus being the little devil, Mm, witchy woman and moon woman. I, I just think it's funny, right? That here's this potential. Venus has locked in her all of the creative energy of the divine feminine. There's fire here, right? The, the fire energy is begging us to uh, release it, right? The fire of passion, the fire of love, the fire that aligns us with our values and how we want to be in the world, who we want to be in the world, what we want to see in the world. And Mars being the drier, uh, more cool 
but we always picture him as the hot, right? We picture him as the hot. So I, I just think that's a great kind of picture for us to contemplate, contemplate the, the roles that we've arbitrarily given. I, I'm, I believe we've arbitrarily given them this energy, um, maybe through history, right? Uh, but I invite you all to look at that. Is that true? Right? Is is Venus energy really that cool? Or it is that cool exterior or that cool facade high, hiding a more fiery, passionate um, body? I, I don't know. I just think it's kind of fun for us to look at these things. And now with these two coming together, it's a natural way to look at where are you running hot and cold? You know, where where are you putting a, a damper over your own passions, right? Where are you holding yourself back from something that you really love? And the invitation, of course, with Mars and Venus in Capricorn is to build a plan, build a plan to bring your passion out, build a plan to expose the world to what you love, to the real you. Will the real you step up and, and take her rightful place? Will you show the fire and the burning interior heart of yourself to the world? right? And this is not just for you women. This is for everybody, right? Everybody has a Venus in their chart. Everybody has a Mars in their chart. And now the uh, picture of them coming together here is to me extraordinary. And they're coming together at the full moon, right? They'll be, they won't be conjunct the full moon, but they're close enough with all of the, the full moon is on top of Pluto, Pluto and Pluto and Mars and Venus are going to come together in a conjunction just days from now, literally two weeks from now. What is today? 14th? Yep. On, well, March 3rd. So a little two and a half weeks at the triple conjunction. But again, that energy is building. It's already building. Right now, they're within 12 degrees of one another. I've heard astrologers, even Richard Tarnas, who is more of a cosmic uh, psychology sort of astrologer, he believes that anybody coming within 15 degrees of Pluto is a conjunction. That Pluto is that powerful as a transformer, as an empowering uh, piece. So we are then already looking at this is a conjunction, right? The triple conjunction is already building. So those are uh, collective con uh, uh, concepts, by the way, not necessarily personal, but Aren't we in a collective period of time right now of the shadow energy? So what's the shadow that's holding you back from being and expressing yourself in the world, your love in the world, right? Uh, I have to, I fight with myself with this all the time because there are a lot of people out there doing what I do. There are a lot of astrologers. There are now getting to be a lot of human design um, people. There are beginning to be more and more people sharing the gene keys, but no one can share those things like I can, right? It's not that they don't do it as good as me or better than me, but they can't do it in my way. And I am always fighting with myself over stopping doing what I do because there's already enough people out there doing what I do. Are you stopping yourself, right? But nobody can do it like you can, right? Nobody has your perspective, your experience, your extraordinary point of view. So all of us need to bring our extraordinary out to the world. On Thursday, just to add to the fun, we have Jupiter in a sextile to Uranus. 
a sextile is a 60 degree relationship. So when we, when we have words like sun and Venus or Mars and Venus, and we put a word in between them, that word represents a relationship that they are engaged in. So Mars and Venus are engaged in a conjunction, bringing them together. Jupiter and Uranus are in a 60 degree relationship about like that. And that is a relationship of like camaraderie. They get one another. Jupiter is in Pisces, Uranus in Taurus. They sort of, they, they, they aren't the same energies by any strength of the imagination, but they sort of get each other. They're speaking a cosmic language that the other one gets. They're not squelching one another. And this is the last major aspect that Jupiter and Uranus will make until their conjunction in, uh, in 2023. And that'll be in Taurus when Jupiter moves into Taurus. So what is it that, that puts Jupiter and Uranus in a closing cycle? So in this closing cycle of Jupiter and Uranus, what are you awakening to? Right. And what is like been like the aha moment that has come that you now need to take action on and prepare for the next coming together of Jupiter and Uranus, which will be a conjunction in 2023. And it doesn't, this is not one that makes you stop taking action. It's one that clarifies what is the relationship of Jupiter's growth and expansive qualities to Uranian liberation and awakening and revelation, right? So that's what we're looking at, right? Releasing yourself, liberating yourself to move forward in an expansive way. And you've got a map. It's called a chart, right? You have you have several roadmaps to this, right? Um, by the way, let's just do some announcements really quickly before I go on to the rest of the week. Um, tomorrow, or not tomorrow, Wednesday on uh, the 16th of the full moon, uh, I will be on air with uh, Anne Poppet. Uh, oh, I'm going to have to look at her name so I can say it correctly and not botch it up. Uh, Papa Yoti. Uh, she is going to be talking to us about the book that she's written, which I can't seem to find. Here it is, The Gift of Shift. The Gift of Shift. You know how we're always talking about shifting energies, right? Or that we're always talking about how it is that we can respond versus react. Well, that's what this is all about. With The Gift of Shift, she's inviting us to find ourselves, to find our genius, find our personal pathway forward through crises, through tragedies, through tribulations, through all of the things that life throws at us at times, right? So she will be with me to talk about the gift of shift. It's not a very thick book, but it is power packed and it's also interactive. This is a book that asks you questions that invites you to write your story in the book. So Anne will be with me at 8 a.m. Pacific time, 11 a.m. East Coast time, that will be whatever time that is for you all on the, in the universal time zone of uh, Am Papayoti and us talking about the gift of shift, how to find the gift. What does it say? Discover the key within to unlock your best life. So that'll be on Wednesday. Uh, and then on Friday, I'll be doing my regular morning broadcast. And then at noon, I will be doing the Astro Design Meetup where you get the opportunity to bring your chart, whether it's astrology, gene keys, or 
the human design chart and ask me the questions, right? I know sometimes you are always asking us questions, you ask your questions, but I don't always have the ability to look at a person's chart. This is your opportunity. It's free, right? Free. So come. It's a, an hour from 12 noon my time to 1 p.m. Uh, I've already posted the Zoom link up on Living Astrology Community and on the Living Astrology Astrology page, the uh, page itself. I'll post that again uh, probably today or tomorrow. And if you uh, can't find it, all you have to do is reach out. I think I asked, actually posted it on Instagram as well. So that'll be on Friday. Um, anything else? Uh, nope, I think that's it for the announcements. Let's go back and finish the rest of the week. On Friday, the sun joins Pisces. So we have the sun moving into Pisces, where eventually he's going to come into contact with Jupiter, starting a new year with the energy of Jupiter. And then later in the month, he will come into a conjunction with Neptune and start a new cycle of uh, energy with the planet Neptune. And of course, we know Pisces has a lot of focus because of Jupiter and Neptune in it. And because of the Jupiter-Neptune conjunction coming up in April, and because that takes us into very deep spiritual territory, very deep, intuitive, imaginal uh, energies. So we have a big powerhouse, uh, a metaphysical powerhouse, a symbolic powerhouse of energies coming to us as the sun begins his move into Piscean energy, joining up with the two planets that are there over the course of the next four weeks and helping us to see things in a, a more profound way, a more spiritual way, elevating our consciousness perhaps in ways that maybe we haven't had in uh, quite a while. So we're going to be watching that on Friday and we'll be talking more about that as well on Saturday the change uh, in the human design weeks brings the sun to the gate 55, which is on the emotional center, the solar plexus. And the gate 55 is the gate that is uh, hooking us into our birthright of abundance. So in human design, this is often called the spirit of abundance or the gate of abundance or abundance through spirit. And it brings us this energy of abundance nature and it also in the gene keys brings us out of victimization and into freedom as the the shadow in the gene keys for the gene key 55 is victimization victim thinking and the gift and the city are both freedom little word freedom big word freedom and freedom right freedom from victimization a distinctly piscean shadow is victim energy victim martyr kind of over the virgo pisces axis so how can we release that and then the earth will be sitting at the gate 59 the gate 59 is known mostly for sexuality but it is a gate that takes us hooks us into protective energy to defense energy to the energy of how do we take the feminine energies of values and teachings and how we want to live and how do we bring it in and make it grounded and protect it and grow it and defend it, right? So how do we defend our, our values and, and not defense in the way that we normally think of defense, but how do we rise to and stand behind what it is that we demand or command for our reality? So earth 
rising up to the challenge of that. And then Jupiter as well, same day, Saturday, changing gates. She's been in, he's been in the gate 37 on the solar plexus, uh, the gate of peace and the gate of serenity. And so we've been sort of prompted to look inside of ourselves for that peace and to sort of surrender to the process of, of a peaceful nature. And funny thing, because the outer world has always has been all about this posturing for war um, or warmongering, I would say, between Ukraine and Russia and the U.S. and and uh, uh, all just stuff like that. Right. We haven't seen any action, thankfully. But I'm wondering now what happens uh, as Jupiter moves out of that gate of peace and into the 63, which is the gate up on the head center about doubt, right, where we have to become more discerning about what we believe, uh, about what thoughts and inspirations we're taking action on. So we'll talk more about that as we move into Friday. And, oh my gosh, I can't believe it's already nine o'clock. Let's pull a card. What else? I think... I was envisioning this deck this morning, the Wisdom of the Oracle. So I feel like I'm going to pull a Wisdom of the Oracle and, of course, an animal card for us for the week. And this might also be a symbolic animal that can help guide us through the full moon if we need something besides the lion, <laughs> the imagery of the lion. And we have, oh, Coyote Spirit, upside down. Coyote. I think we've had this one before. Uh, Coyote Spirit says, trust in divine detours. Ah, so the path this week isn't a straight line. Imagine that. Card number 16, which is a seven, so very spiritual, was also upside down, which puts it in protection. Um, and let's see what that means, if it means anything to us. 616, Coyote Spirit. Sometimes a goal is so enticing and alluring that you lose your footing in the pursuit. You begin to fixate on capturing this prize. Ooh, this is very gate 30, right? Desire and uh, the, the shadow of desire. You begin to fixate on capturing this prize, whether it be an opportunity you've always wanted, a relationship with that elusive someone, or the promise of that big break. Coyote Spirit warns you that this trickster energy seducing you now will yield nothing but disappointments and unnecessary heartache if you let yourself be fooled. Great Spirit wants the best for you, so when your plans go topsy-turvy, know that Coyote Spirit is present to protect and bless you. Listen to her gentle warning not to take the world too seriously or become too attached to the form and timing of your desire. I That line literally could be the Gene Key 30. Sometime, or the uh, human design gate 30. Something better is beckoning. If you learn your lessons and lighten your heart, it will not be long before you see that crooked, though the path may have been, you were on the right one all along. Lovely. Coyote spirit. Coyote. All right. So wisdom of the Oracle. I can just hear her. I mean, I literally am hearing these, this deck this morning and I have an idea of what might come out, but I'm not saying that. I'm not even thinking that. I'm letting that go. And <laughs> this isn't the card I was thinking, but it's perfect. Co-create. Uh, card number 40, right? So a 40 is a four. And here we are today. We entered the shadow period. We talked about the number four as the uh, beginning of the foundation of clearing the shadow. And it's a cheetah, a cheetah, big cat, similar to a lion, not exactly the lion, 
but co-create, co-create, and that came out upright. So let's see. I think we've had cheetah before. Uh, and an owl. There's also an owl. Look at the owl on the, the little wire there. So the owl and the cheetah. Or maybe that's a leopard. Could be a leopard. Now I'm sidetracked. Okay, 40. <laughs> Such a Gemini. Okay, 40. The essential meanings of this card is creativity, art, inspiration, fruition, manifestation. You may not consider yourself a creative person, but in fact, you are creating your reality every moment of every day via your thoughts, feelings, beliefs, intentions, and actions. Yet you must consider that you do so in partnership with spirit, consciousness, God, or whatever name you call your higher power. You are a spark of this intelligence that works through you, nudging you with inspired thought and intuitive guidance. You are a paintbrush that co-creates a beautiful, unique expression of your own individuality blended with universal spirit. You are a product of divine inspiration, and now you're aligned with it to create miracles. When you view your life as art and know you co-create it, only beauty and grace result. Prepare to be amazed. All right, so we have the card of co-create and the animal, which I've lost her somewhere here, coyote. Coyote and co-create. All right, yay. All right, well, that is it for me today, guys. Much love to all of you. Happy Valentine's Day. Give yourselves hugs and kisses. And I will see you on Wednesday, 8 a.m. with Ann Papiotti of the uh, book to talk to us about her book about how to shift, the gift of shift. All right, that's it for me today. Bye for now.